Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. We are here live in Phoenix, Arizona at the Sin Network West yep. gathering. I am here in your hometown, Brian Bowman. Your hometown. This is where you're. Yeah. This is where you are. Are, are you Phoenix? Are you a native? No, I grew up in in the South near okay. Gainesville, Florida. Met my wife in Oklahoma, and then we planted a church in Portland. Okay. Came back to Oklahoma after four years of doing that. Learned a lot. Took everything we learned and moved to Phoenix and planted this church. We've been here nine years. Nine years. Yeah. The so, church is the church is eight years old, but we spent the first year making friends. Launched it after fifty three weeks. All right. So, do you consider yourself when you go out and say, "Where are you from?" Phoenix. What, what's the answer? Phoenix. Okay. My kids are, you know, they're planted here. They think of themselves as desert rats. My daughter got married here. I mean, we're locked in. Okay, good. I was, that was the the church plan. If you answered that any other way, I would have been like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, let me take your church." This is not a part time and, thing, man. Yeah. We're locked in. Okay, good, good. Do you see yourself being here? Yeah. All right. You yeah, know, this is us. This is that man. That's that's amazing. What I love about you, Brian, is when just your intentionality. Right. I mean, you know, we was talking about just the idea of planting churches and you were like from the very beginning, it's like I am about raising up, planting churches, raising up missional leaders. Right. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Like what like why are you so passionate about that? Yeah. Well, a lot of it goes back to trying to plant a church in Portland without a real plan or without real structure or anything like that. We uh, when people say what kind of church, our answer was like, I don't know, like a church. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a I didn't have any plan. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a, a, a direction for it. When we started the church here in Phoenix, we, we knew exactly what we want to do. We want to make disciples so that we plant churches. And we plant these churches to make disciples. So from the very beginning, the plan was, this isn't it. And if you come on the launch team, you're going to be asked either to go or to help someone go. We didn't know how many churches there would end up being or exactly how that would work, but that was the whole plan from the beginning. So we sort of drew a line under all of life and said, whatever is your recreation, whatever is your occupation, family, whatever you're doing, it's all gotta be mission hmm. because we gotta go plant these churches. And you said that in, that's what you talk about in your launch team? Yeah, from like when we're sitting at a coffee hmm. shop having a conversation not unlike this one, and I'm trying to tell someone, well, what kind of church? I didn't have to now say, well, you know, a church. You've seen them. Now hmm. I'm saying, no, this is a church planting, disciple making church, right. and you are the raw material that's gonna be these things. So how would you differentiate like the difference between someone who's gathering their core team say we're gonna reach the laws versus someone in the core team say we're about to plant you to, to plant other churches? I, I think one of the ways of looking at that is everyone that you encounter, it's at the coffee shop or even after you've launched the church and some newcomer that comes in, you see them as a potential church planter, as a potential core team member. Mm -hmm. um, just see like they've said before, like a 10 over their heads as opposed to like, well, this is a guy, you know, he may not be much help or whatever. Well, if they're the raw material that, that the church is able to use to, to make disciples, and then that's the same kind of person that's end up, that can end up being a church planter, everybody gets to be, you know, a 10. Hmm. And in doing that, it seems like you give everyone a sense of a place of both mattering and belonging. Sure. Right, I mean, how is that? fleshed itself out. What are some What are some examples of you seeing that flesh it out? Yeah, I, after we started the church, we were probably, you know, 40, 50 people. We'd launched in this little uh, building that we'd rented out. Mm -hmm. uh, a guy comes in with his girlfriend, not easy to, or not, not difficult to tell that they were, they were new because we're so small, we know. 
And afterwards I went up to him and said, hey, can we get coffee? Yeah, mm -hmm. so we went and got coffee. Um, I said, hey, tell me your story. And he goes, I'm a Christian. And uh, I grew up in church. Uh, I know what you're trying to do and I, I'm with it. Let's do this. Yeah. And uh, I said, what about you, Tiffany? His name is Wes. I said, what about you, Tiffany? She said, oh, I've never been to a church. Uh, this mm -hmm. is my first time in church ever. And I said, well, what was your impression? She goes, well, I think, you think, I'm going to hell. Mm. Oh, and she said, I think Wes thinks I'm going to hell. And I said, did you have a question, Tim? <laughs> and she goes, well, if you think I'm going to hell, Wes thinks I'm going to hell, how come we're sleeping together? And I said, Wes, would you like to answer that question? <laughs> so later on I said to Wes, I said, listen, if you're a Christian and you're living with your girlfriend, she's gonna get saved. She's gonna eventually figure out what you've been doing to her and that's gonna break her heart, man. Mm. Fast forward, she does become a Christian. We do see them get married. And now he is in our elder pipeline mm. and she is the assistant for one of the churches that we planted. Man, that is awesome. So everyone that yeah, walks that's... in, no matter what stage of life they're in, we mm -hmm. see them as the potential, you know, the raw material of the next church that we're gonna plant, the dis next yeah. disciple we're gonna make. Yeah, I'm loving it. I mean, that's the theme that we've been championing here. That's the idea that every church is a multiplying church in the making. Yeah. And you're you're fleshing that out, like literally discovering, developing, and deploying right. church planting teams from within. And so you like meet people at coffee shops and say, You're my next potential church plant. Exactly. Oh, that yeah, that that's amazing. So, like, what's like how long? I mean, you kind of jumped in that story, like so from the time you had that conversation to the time he is now in the elder pipeline, like how long are we talking about? Oh, that's, you know, that's been three years of investment. They started off, you know, just dealing with the, the effects of the way they've lived their life for a long time. Yeah. Brought them into my community group, spent intentional time with Wes. My wife spent an intentional time with Tiffany. And then when our next church plant came up, that would be our third church plant. You know, they connected with the new church planner. And I said, hey, you guys should consider, you know, meeting, meeting the new church planner, going into his community group. And now the care starts coming from, from that core team mm. and they start using their gifts. They're able to more easily see their gifts, you know, needed in a brand new church mm. plant than in ours. Yeah. And that's one of the best things about mm. planting new churches is people can see their place. Yeah. So Tiffany starts to see, well, my gifts would be really helpful to this planter. And she starts thinking I can be his assistant. We released them out. And of course that felt like a tearing away because yeah. Brooke, my wife and I had invested so much right. in their family and in what would end up becoming their health and everything. But you send them off, you'd cry your tears, and now they're off and running. Man, that, that's exciting. So you've been going for nine years. How many churches have you been there be a part been a part of planting? Uh we've been a part of planting six. Okay. Yeah. There's five of them that call themselves Valley Life and one calls themselves something else now. Okay. And they're all right here in Phoenix. And they're all like West type stories or they have varying different type stories of how they started or Yeah, different stories. Um the first one, the first one came about because there was a group from Surprise, which is about 30 minutes from where from where we are, and they were attending together. They they wanted to be a church plant. And they sort of attended our mm -hmm. place together, and they said, "Hey, can we start a Valley Life Church out where we are? Put you on a screen and just watch you." And I said, "I got no problem with churches that do that. But how about I just find you a pastor? I got a mm -hmm. friend in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. so I called my buddy and I said, "Hey, do you want to pastor these people?" He came out and uh, you know met them and said. Yeah, let's do this. But can I just use everything that that you guys have—the website, the graphics, all that stuff—and eventually that turned into we could do this again. So we called another buddy from Oklahoma about two years later. So those guys were ready-made church planner mm -hmm. guys. But then we have some that have come up through, like 
our newest church planters, Matt Mueller, and we baptized him. You right. know? So, so on one end, you had guys. Did you like were those people coming to your church, and then you found a leader for them in that first in case. the first yep. in the first two cases? You said, yep. and then with this guy Matt, when he comes in. This right. is a guy that you baptized. Right. What, what's his story? I mean, and how? What was that process looking like? So he uh, he was a believer who was really not walking with Jesus. He was a married man, uh, wanting to adopt this little girl. Had been attending the church for a while, and he says, "Hey, can I sit down with you as my pastor? And uh, I need you to sign off on the adoption. And but I want you to get to know me and my wife." I said, "Sure." So me and my wife met him and his wife at Chili's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's telling us his story, and he said, yeah, when I was younger, you know, this is how I became a Christian, and I started leading some Bible studies for, um, as a chaplain, not a real chaplain, but sort of like in the Army and military Bible studies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, at that time, did you feel like God was calling you towards ministry? And he said, yeah, yeah. And my wife said, do you want to plant a church, Matt? And that started this, you know, yeah. long-term process yeah. that ends up with him launching a church in September. Man, so what did he say at that time when your wife was so? Well, he was taken bored. aback, and that wasn't what he was planning on at all. He's right. talking about adoption, mm-hmm. but it started stirring something mm-hmm. in his heart. And and because we say, hey, this is what we do, yeah. he could see it. You know, that's one thing about if you say we're gonna plant these churches, if you have the expectation that the people who are attending the church are either leaving or preparing mm-hmm. someone else to leave. Well, he could look around the corner and see, well, this has happened before, right. and I could see my way through. Yeah, and that's why I love what Clint Clifton says about um, training. He says, we need to stop trying to train the called. We need to train the qualified, yeah. and then allow God to work on the call. So you're just kind of like, hey, God has a wonderful plan for your life, Yeah, and like, let me train you up, and then they just kind of become. Totally. Yeah. So when you say, okay, well, where are you? Let's assess mm-hmm. where you're at. Well, he hadn't even been baptized. Yeah. Oh, no one told him he should be baptized. So we start there. Mm. Baptism, church membership. Our church membership process is a discipleship process. Mm. To be a member of our church, these, you know, these, there are these steps that you're going to take, and these are the first steps towards making a church planter. Yeah. yeah. And on average, what, what has been the the timeline? You said three years for the first guy. How, how long for Matt? Uh, Matt's been like four years. Four years. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, what would you say from the time of identifying someone to singing them out? How long has that been about? We would plan for two years. Okay. Once, once you start to you know discover the development process and then deploying them out, it's probably going to take two years. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so clean and neat. Oh, I mean, yeah. this, that's what I was just like, I, you know, as a practitioner, I know. It's like, that sounds so clean and neat. You just find someone, you tell them what you're going to do, and then they say yes, yeah, yeah. and they go out and do it. But we know that that's not the case. So, right. like, what is some of the messiness, you oh, know, in, in doing that, like having taken this approach to um, the intentionality? Sure. Well, everybody, everybody, whether they're going to plant a church or wherever, they're, they have their own idea of what it means to be a church, which is what I think is the problem with saying, well, you know, a church. Everybody mm-hmm. fills in the blank with what they think that means. Mm-hmm. So when they say, I'm gonna plant a church, well, it's a process of saying, look, this this is the kind of church that, that we are about planting. We can help you plant um, lots of different ways, but but here's the here's the way we want we want you to be thinking about it, mm-hmm. and then to send them through our pipeline, send them through NAMS um, assessment. It's always helpful for us. Uh, Matt. When he went through, he got the, he got kind of like an orange light. Okay. Um, yeah, but he should, he needs more development, which is really helpful for us to say, we see this in you. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got these skills, but here's some things we want to develop yeah. further. Which that's sad, and that was hard. Yeah. He was ready to roll. Yeah. And to, to pull him back for another year, 
and say, I'm gonna, I personally am going to spend more time with you yeah. over the next year. And now, of course, he's really happy. Yeah. They're going to launch out with 30 or 40 we've, people. We've, same thing happened at Blueprint. We had a guy who was ready to jump out there, and then he didn't get the, the favorable one. And it was mm -hmm. like, this is good. It gives us the ability to kind of pull, you know, pour into you and specifically. So we're actually in the pre presently doing that, yeah. you know, with, with the guy. But it's so much better. You know, yeah. it's so much better, so much for what it's like. It's a lot easier to hold off than it is to try to pull back and to retract. Oh, like, yeah. Launching prematurely is like, man, like, please don't. Yeah. Don't do that. But, you know, that's church plan is we're like, we're impatient. So we just like, we want to do it like yesterday. Exactly. You know? And so being able to to hold off. Yeah, that, that that's good. So like, what was like, what's the different difference of like doing what you're doing, your strategy in, in a Phoenix versus in Oklahoma or a Portland, you know, I mean, are they similar? Are they completely different? Do you, uh, how, how much does contextualization go into kind of this approach? Yeah, I imagine it's the same kind of process that works itself out differently, you know. We always talk about identifying the idols that are present in the culture, um, finding out what is it that people um, have put their hope in. And here, that's different than it was in Portland. Yeah. It's very different than it was in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. In Oklahoma, everyone, you know, you could start off with, when were you baptized? It's probably right after vacation Bible school when you were eight or nine years old. Well, it's not like that here. It wasn't like that in Portland at all. Mm -hmm. um, coming here, everybody thinks that you should probably have a church in the same way that you should probably have a gym and they carry the, the keychain around mm -hmm. that says they go to yeah. LA Fitness or Mountains. Whether yeah. they go or not, yeah. they feel like they should represent that they would go. Right. And they, some people think of Valley Life Church as the church I would go to if I were to go to church, but they don't. Yeah. So the, our starting point here is you're probably favorably disposed to the idea, but you know, do you know Jesus? Mm -hmm. um, have, are you being are you being discipled? Uh, can you see your, yourself in the plan, His plan to save the world? It's very different, you mm -hmm. know. Man, so like in that, so like as you're engaging with someone who doesn't believe, you're kind of giving them a sense of like. Follow me and I'll give you purpose too. Totally. So it's not just about like get out of hell free card that right. you're trying to do. It's just like, no, let me give you purpose, yeah. you know, to life. And I mean, how is that received? It, it, well, if we're able to say, do you want to help me plant a church? This guy may not even be a Christian, mm -hmm. but you're saying this, this thing has not come to our club. It's not, um, a, we have a meeting and I want you to be a part of this meeting. No, this is a purpose or a mission. Um, and it's an old mission. You can tap into something that God has made you for and it's currently existing here. And it's a real different thing than just show up at our at our gathering and listen to us sing some songs. Mm -hmm. So in that, like when they do start showing up in your gathering, there's not a bait and switch. You like, you knew what this was about when you signed up. Right. Right. And so that. And there's the constant conversation about um, the church that we're going to plant, who is being trained to to uh, go, I mean, that's a part of even our um, evangelistic assumption. Mm -hmm. We assume that God is saving people and we're just trying to um, sort of the catch, to catch what God is bringing to the church. So we're putting these um, you know, containers together mm -hmm. and, and, and organizing them. And we assume that God is saving people and these are the churches that they're gonna be put in. Yeah, so on one end, you, 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 when you're onboarding people as members, what are some other ways that you keep that vision before your people? Like, what does that look like on a Sunday or on a week-to-week -week basis? What does that look like in your group life? What does that look like yeah. ongoing? How do you keep that vision and it doesn't just kind of 
go away. They heard it, but then it goes away. And we, we say it. We say it, we write it. Um, our, one of our recent church players named Mike, Mike said he heard that Valley Life is about planting churches. And um, he wanted to plant a church, so he'd go check out Valley Life Church. He said, I drive up into the parking lot, I'm walking up to the, you know, to the building, and on one of, the, one of our big windows, we have it written, make disciples, period, plant churches, period. That's all we do, mm. we, you know, we don't do anything else. We wrote it really big on our mm. building. He said, I saw plant churches and thought, I'm in the right place. Mm. Go in there and that's all you're hearing about yeah. is we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the purpose of planting churches and these churches are being planted for the purpose of making disciples. That's all we're, that's yeah. all we're doing. Yeah. And it's hard you know, to cut through other good ideas and we just end up saying, those ideas should probably happen, and I'm sure there's other churches that are gonna do those ideas, but this is what this church is for. I mean, I love the focus. I love the intensity. Like, yeah. like I wanna go plant a church. How can I play, plant your next Valley Life Church? Yeah, man. That's, I'm just like, I'm, I'm in. When Let's Mike said, I wanna plant, you know, he came up to me afterwards, and he's like, I know you don't know me, but I'm, you know, I, I wanna plant a church. So-and-so told me this is the place to be. What do I need to do? And my answer to guys like that is, you should come to church here and become a member. That's the beginning of our mm -hmm. pipeline. Yeah. You know, if you can't be a member of the church, then you know, I don't know what to tell you, yeah. but serve here. Mike was a high capacity leader. He led in other churches here in the Valley at high levels. But if you can't be a member, I mean, I'm not starting you off at this level or that level, just be a part of this. Yeah. So Mike attended the church, became a member for like a year before we ever did anything else with him because we wanted to he wanted to give him the opportunity to love the church as yeah. it is. Yeah, that's what he did, and next thing you know, he's moving through our pipeline. Yeah, I love it. This is this is great, man. I really appreciate it. this. Is some real, a lot of good things for me to personally reflect as I think about Blueprint Church. But I think for a lot of us, is to kind of think, man, how do we just become this focused yeah. in on bringing? I like to say bringing a tangible expression of the gospel mm -hmm. to where people live, work, and play, like establishing a family, yeah. you know? So thanks, Brian, I appreciate you being Absolutely. here. Absolutely. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.